Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is John Cassidy Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host. Lots of comments about last week's podcast, so thank you very much for all your input, and I'll be looking to develop that idea. But I wanted to pick up on something one of our students talked about, which was Simon, who said, that, you know what, I often have lots of goals, and I get to a point where I become very stressed and start to feel like I want to give up. What is going on in that situation? Well, we've all heard that if you have lots and lots of goals... There's a catch-22, that if you attempt to go after all of them, you'll probably end up with none of them. But the strange thing is, if you go after one goal, you're more likely to achieve all the others as well. So what's really going on? What's happening when we're building up this stress and we're quite likely just to not do anything? Yet if we start to take action on one little thing maybe and build on that action that we can start to achieve all the multiple goals that we have. All right, so what's going on there? So this is based on a principle of incomplete tasks. So what do we mean by incomplete tasks? Well, just as it sounds. But what is the brain doing with incomplete tasks? How does it work for us and how does it work against us? And then we'll apply that to the goal setting situation. Right, so incomplete tasks are great, especially for studying. Because what do incomplete tasks do? When you don't finish studying a topic, for example, let's say you're looking at chapter 22 in your psychology book, and rather than completing the whole chapter, you only complete 80% of that chapter. What goes on that benefits us from a studying point of view? Well, it has the ability to open up the unconscious, to carry on processing that information. And when it carries on processing the information, you're putting more energy into learning that situation. But the thing is, what we do know is we like closure. And when you have that closure, the unconscious mind can start to go, ah, done that, let's move on to the next task. So the benefit for us from a studying point of view, when we do not complete the full chapter or program of study, but leave a little bit open, say for the next 24 hours, we give more brain process and power to that information, which is great. But we do need to complete the task at some point, And that gives us closure around that bit of information. Now, you'll see a lot of NLP trainers use the principle of uncompleted tasks, or if you like, 
uncompleted stories. So what will happen is you start telling a story, but you don't finish the story. Then you start to tell another story, but you don't finish that story. So, for example, if I said to you, if you ever get a chance to see Richard Bandler live, you'll either hate him or love him. There seems to be no in-between with Richard. And he walks in as though he's riding a Harley Davidson. And when you know that's what he's picturing in his mind, it makes a lot of sense when you see him walk into a room. And he always walks into Born to be Wild. And he's a consummate storyteller. And he tells a lot of stories about Milton Erickson. And there's one story that he may start to tell is that Milton was chatting to a friend of his in the kitchen. And she turned to him and said, it's time for a change. And Milton looked at him and said, that's right. I think that is a good idea. But his friend says, I don't know where to start. And he said, go up into your loft and clear out all that rubbish you have inside the loft. And you'll find a lot of rubbish you want to get rid of. But you'll also find some treasures and some real gold nuggets that you would want to keep. And his friend said, that's a good idea. So he climbs up inside and starts to sort out all that rubbish. Now Milton is left sitting downstairs and... He's now wondering what he can do. And he looks across and there's a book up on the shelf that grabs his attention and pulls him across the room. You've no books like that. And it was a book about Red Indian stories. And this particular book, he opened up and started to read one of the many stories inside this book about Red Indian stories. And this, this particular one is about a mouse. And this mouse is scurrying around looking for food, but every now and again would stop look and listen and he would say to his other meese friends i think that's right do you hear that sound do you hear that sound and his friends would say no no i'm too busy looking for food don't bother me now so he'd go back to scurrying around looking for food storing food etc but then he would stop look and listen until one day curiosity got the bed of him and pulled him and pulled him to the side of his field. And there he is listening and a voice behind him goes, what are you doing? And it made him jump and it was brother raccoon. And he says, I hear this sound and I'm just wondering what it is. And the brother raccoon says, would you like me to show you the way and the source of the sound? And Brother Mouse is like, oh, yes, okay then, Um, yes, and then I can go back and tell people that I'm not crazy. So Brother Raccoon leads Brother Mouse down this new path, and there's new things to see, new sense, just a completely different experience. And he arrives at the source of the sound, and it's a mighty river before him. And there is Brother Frog, and Brother Raccoon says, I now need to go, and Brother Mouse is going, oh, how do I find my way back? And he says, that is easy. Keep your back to the sound and follow the path. And he said, okay then. And Brother Frog said, would you like to see the sacred mountains with the medicine lakes? Well, can you believe your luck? Not only is there this source of a mighty river, there's sacred mountains and medicine lakes. And he says, yes, yes, I would. And... Brother Frog said, 
crouch real low and jump as high as you can. So he crouched real, real low and jumped as high as he can. And he saw the sacred mountains with the medicine legs and then splash. Now, what's just gone on there is a series of little mini stories, i.e. we started to talk about Richard Bandler. But we didn't really finish that story. We moved straight into a story of sitting in the kitchen and going and make some changes and clearing out the loft. And then we started into this story of this little mouse. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. Notice that your brain has been tracking that information. And what it does, it tracks stories. Sponsor of this week's NLPCourses.com podcast show is the NLP Train the Trainer Only for the Ambitions Who Wish to Make a Living Teaching NLP. Apply for your place in this world-class training by heading over to the NLPCourses.com. And wants to have the story completed. So when you have an unfinished story, your brain still carries on processing. And from a training point of view, you're opening up the mind to enable to absorb information. And what you would tend to do with those stories is close them by the end of the training session. Now that is great. And it's working on, we as human beings, our, our brain wants to complete things. And it's so powerful. that, And we call it looping of stories in NLP. Now, have you ever wondered why soap operas are so addictive? Why people will binge watch things like 24, Lost, even though they know they have work the next day? Oh, just one more. It's because you want to complete that storyline. But the story writers know that if they close one story, they're going to open up another that's unfinished. And a brain carries on processing that information i'm just to give you an idea of how strong that is have you ever been sitting now this happens in the in the bbc in the uk i'm sure it happens in various different programs around the world also you might have this program about i don't know a building in the middle of a plot of land that they're going to do up or they're going to explore and just before all the credits roll for the program a presenter comes on and says, this week we're looking at a Victorian building that is said to be haunted. Find out where we are after the credits. And you're like, oh, I wasn't that interested. But I'm now going to watch the credits to find out where they're from. And at the end of the credits, they say, we're in Devon. And we go, oh, yes, I just needed to know that. So from a learning point of view, when you're studying if you can keep your brain processing the information longer with incomplete tasks, then it's to your benefit. And then you'll close off one section, open up a new section. And we notice in communication that we can open up people's brains to accept learnings and that that effect is very powerful when you apply it to storytelling. And we talked about soap operas. Now, in the UK, we have things like Coronation Street, EastEnders. And if it's a commercial channel, those story loops create such a deep, deep trance that when the adverts come on, they're premium because people are ready to just accept those answers. All right, so we see 
that in this process it's working for us and we're using the unfinished task for a purpose well that's great and if we're using it for that purpose it's wonderful but here's the thing it can work against us now if you look at all the multiple things that we just want to do in life and you have a thought so even if as simple as you're about to type something and your phone goes off that's an incomplete task because you in the process of moving towards doing one task and though you physically haven't got there yet your brain has run the scenario forward and is looking to complete that task. Uh, but we got interrupted and the phone goes. So we pick up the phone and we're partway through and doing that. And the email pings and we're half on the phone, but we're not quite completed that. And we start something else. And we we put the email into draft. So that's incomplete. Somebody's asked us to think about the upcoming project. And notice they're all little loops that have been opened but not completed and your brain is using up energy processing those waiting for completion now we see that when we're goal setting and we have multiple goals that we're just thinking about and we as human beings are really good at thinking about them and we think about doing one thing we think about goal a goal b and we think about all the different possibilities and we half plan something in our heads and the possibilities and we're it we're thinking about the all the benefits of the goal let's say but notice nothing's been done nothing's being completed and when you have multiple goals that are not being completed and they're just staying inside your head what then happens is you're using energy up processing that information you start to become tired you start to become stressed and it's easier for you not to do those so by completing projects completing goals you give yourself more energy so what can we do well in the last podcast we were talking about how to prepare for a goal and that is presupposing that you'd already decided what goal you're working on So how do we know? And if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to it. It's a new concept of how to prepare for a goal that we borrowed from the best storytellers in the world. Don't tell them. Okay, right. So before we know what we want to work on, what would be great? And this is an action. You take what's going on inside your head and you get it down on a piece of paper. So that could be a form of mind mapping, a list, just a cloud diagram. Anywhere where you take what's inside your head and get it down on paper. And by doing that, you've got it outside of your head and you can look and process that. Then decide what to do with that information. So start to prioritize it. Maybe you have put number one next to all the things that are really important to you number two against the things that are are important but not as important or urgent as needs to be done and number three and four to things that would be like nice to have so you make up some sort of scale for yourself and then plan on your number one can you do something today can you take action 
And I'm sure a lot of you recognize this as a time management tool. And there's lots of great time management tools out there. You've got Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and he has a process for time management. You've got uh, David Allen, who has a book called Get Things Done. And there's lots of processes within that book for completing tasks. And one of the first things he says is get it out of your head on paper, onto a computer, onto your iPad, onto whatever device you use. But get it out of your head and start to plan a process. Now, this gives us lots of insights into why people become stressed in the first place, incomplete tasks, and just completing the task would create a day less stressful. But also, why some people with lots and lots of goals start to become overwhelmed because they've got lots of incomplete tasks and they're devoting brain power, energy to each of these unfinished tasks. Your brain is still processing it. So how do we start to deal with it? Well, one way, like we've just said, is to write it down on a piece of paper. And the other way is to start to take action. So as soon as you choose one and you start to implement the steps, a process, get it down on paper, whatever you do, you free up energy. And when you have more energy, you can devote that mental capacity and physical energy to the other goals that you have. And then once you start doing that, you get a momentum going and you'll start to achieve more and more. So Simon, thank you for that question. So if you've got any questions that you would like me to answer, please do email me those about any topic that we've covered in this session and the last session. And if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, I highly recommend you do because we are talking about how do you prepare to actually sit down and write your goals. So talking about productivity and getting things done, I'm very excited. I got a special guest coming up in a future podcast, uh, Sean D'Souza. I'm in talks with him at the moment. He has a way of producing products and running businesses that is very efficient. From day one, you'll start to see results. And he has promised that he's got a very special gift for you guys. And I believe this gift is worth nearly $2,000. It's a training course that he will offer, but I'm going to allow him to talk a little bit more about it. So look out for the upcoming podcast. Sean D'Souza, an excellent guy to explore. And I highly recommend his books, which you'll find at his website, psychotactics.com. I will put a link in with the show notes. So if you're wondering, am I ever going to finish those stories that we started in this session? Yes, I will do at some point. Have a wonderful week and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Take care then. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to NLPCourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro linguistics, programming, and beyond.